How do you know when it's time to go? For, for one thing to end and a, and a new thing to begin. How do you say goodbye to people who've been a part of your life? To a city that's been your home? To a place where you have sought and found meaning? I've always wondered that. But now I know. You go when you have peace. I'm an old man, older than I look, and some days older than I feel. The, the years pass more quickly than you think, friends. You spend your whole life looking forward, and then one day you begin looking back, wondering how you spent all that time. I spent most of mine waiting. Most of my life has been about one place and one thing, this temple and waiting. And from these steps, I've, I've seen generations fade and, and new generations rise up full of promise. I've seen leaders come and go. I've seen lots of ordinary days and, and tragedies and, and celebrations and, and maybe even a, a miracle or two. I've watched my city Jerusalem, change, change leaders, change hands, rarely for the better. Jerusalem, the name itself means city of peace, but it has never known peace in my lifetime. My people have, have forgotten what it feels like to be free, to be at ease. We've been battered by the Romans in every way, physically, economically, spiritually even. Jerusalem has become heavy and bitter. Her hope has turned sour. Uh, many have stopped believing that Yahweh intends to do anything about our situation. Generations ago, the people of Israel received a precious gift, a promise, a, a promise that no matter how bad things became, no matter what sort of terrible situation we got ourselves into or had forced upon us, that one day Yahweh would send Messiah, a savior to deliver us. The prophet spoke of him. His name would be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But that was a long time ago. And then one day, a day I'll never forget, I received a promise of my own. I was a young man then. I was right here in the temple courts. I remember the day. It, it had been an awful day, dark in every sense of the word. Uh, the Romans had been at it again, terrorizing our people, desecrating our holy places, mocking our humanity and our God. A family member came weeping to my home. 
We, we tried to comfort one another, but it all felt hollow. How long would God let this go on? What was he waiting for? Our prophet Malachi had taught us that Yahweh is unchanging. But if we were his people, if he was the same God who stood with Abraham in the desert and told him to number the stars in the sky, the same God who parted the waters of the sea and led our people to freedom, where was he? As hopeless as I felt, I came here to the temple to pray. It was a prayer like I had never prayed before. Lord, you have not kept your word. Your people are hurting. They're dying. They are alone. It all came pouring out of me. Oh, my, my, my anger, my disappointment, my doubt. Where is the one who will save us? Where is the deliverer you promised? And then suddenly, it felt as if someone was speaking to my soul, a powerful voice inside. You will see him, Simeon. You will not leave this world until you have set your own eyes upon him. I didn't move for minutes. I looked around me. Worshippers were coming and going, bringing their sacrifices, offering their prayers. No one seemed to have heard a thing except me. I, I was fearful, but, but, but not afraid. Nothing had changed around me, but, but something had happened within me. I finally got up and went home. The Lord and I had an agreement. The days that followed, I walked around like I had a fire inside me. I would see him. Yahweh had spoken to me. I looked for him everywhere I went. I didn't tell anybody what had happened. It, it was too personal, too hard to explain my absolute certainty about what I had heard and, and where it had come from. Besides, when, when Messiah came, we would all see him together. But nothing happened that year. Nothing that good anyway. Or the next year, or the one after that. And that fire inside, it turned into something like coals. Still glowing, but less wild, steadier. And I changed. As the restless agitation of youth turned into something more suited to a long race. Because gradually I came to realize that I had not only been given a promise, but a task. The task of, of waiting, of believing, and, and of helping others to believe. This temple became like a home to me. I spent more and more time here. I wondered if maybe he would speak to me again if I was here. It, it never happened, at least not the same way. But many times I sensed his presence, his heart, his care for the everyday people around me. How much he wanted them to know that he was still listening, still speaking. And, and, and because I had this promise within me, 
I realized I had something to offer people. Hope, prayer, care, service. And so I would come to this place and just stay. Listen to people, talk with them. See if there was someone I could help. It, it gave me a, a sense of purpose, of fulfillment. It, it, it grounded me. And over time, I became deeply committed to this community here at the temple. People who were, who were like me and unlike me. People who were younger and older. People who had more than I did and less. People who were united only by the hope that Yahweh had not forgotten. And when the days that that was hard to believe, we reminded each other as best we could. Believing can be hard, and it's easier when you don't have to do it alone. When you're waiting for something, it can feel as though everything around you moves while you stand still. A lifetime passed while I carried that promise within me. And, and most of those years were just full of ordinary life. But around me, the world was growing wearier. And, and my gift, my promise, began to feel like a burden. There were seasons I thought I was out of faith. Maybe he had forgotten. How would all this conflict end? Should we listen to those who say we should fight back? Would violence ever bring an end to violence? Would we ever find a leader worthy of our people? Several times we, we thought we had such a leader. People got their hopes up. I got my hopes up. Was this the one we were waiting for? But one after another, those leaders disappointed us or, or, or were snuffed out by Rome. And, and when we weren't fighting with our occupiers, we were fighting with each other. Pharisees, zealots, Sadducees, we each had our own preferred little group our own view on how we should respond to Rome, how we should honor God. I, I love this community, but we are not perfect. We didn't just need peace with Rome. We needed peace with each other. And as the years went by, it all began to weigh on me. The injustice, the strife, the disappointments. Just like it had when I was young, only, I didn't have the energy to rage about it anymore. My best prayers were, were questions. Why? Where are you? And, and does all of this matter? This temple, for months, felt empty to me. I, I couldn't sense God's spirit here, or, or anywhere, for that matter. Until one night, just recently, I couldn't sleep. I was troubled by the world around me, the world inside of me. Finally, I threw off the covers and went to the window. 
The air was chilly and I, I stood there shivering as I looked down at the dusty streets below. It felt empty. I felt empty. How long, Lord? How, how long did I have on this earth? What would those days and years look like? I sensed myself becoming like Jerusalem, bitter, doubtful. Why would God have spoken to me? Maybe I had wanted it too badly. Maybe Messiah had come and gone and I'd missed it. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe all this promise amounted to was a tired, broken heart. Maybe I didn't have it in me anymore to, to keep on waiting. I, I lifted my gaze to the skies and stopped. There was a star. A star like a flare, like, like a beacon someone had placed in the sky. It, it hadn't been there before. And it was, the heavens could hardly contain it. It was wild and bright. It was like a fire in the southern sky over, I don't know, Bethlehem maybe. I wondered how many people across the city were looking at that star, and yet I felt like it was put there just for me. Look, Simeon, something whispered within. Look and see. I stared at that star till my neck began to ache. And finally, went back to bed. And even as I fell asleep, the glow still coming through the window, inside, something was waking up. Someone had just breathed air on those coals. And the next day, I was like a younger version of myself. Every day, I rushed to the temple. Spent the day watching and waiting and then would rush home at night to go to bed, to wake up and go to the window and see if the star was still there. And it was. And it meant something. I knew it. Something was about to happen. And then, then today, I, I came to the temple as I always do. But, but even as my sandal struck the street, I sensed something in me urging me to, to move quickly. I arrived at the temple, breathless, scanning the crowd, wondering if, if this was the day. Was he here? The one we'd been waiting for? How would I recognize him? I, I, I settled myself down and began to pray, but found myself distracted. Pilgrims, seekers, devoted worshipers, our elders and priests were swirling all around me. I, I, I was engulfed in the sound of prayers and greetings and animals and debate. A little family caught my attention, standing off to the side. The mother, adjusting her baby's garments so he would look just right for the occasion, for the, for the dedication. The father, carrying two birds for the offering. A poor man's option, but, but there was no shame in that. And the child, a boy, looking, looking all around.
40 days on this earth, I thought to myself. Everything is before him. For me, nearly everything is behind. What will happen in his lifetime? What will his world be like? Focus, Simeon, back to your prayers. I, I turned away, but then I noticed a, a group of wealthy merchants walking across the courtyard. Everything about them announcing importance, influence, rank. I, I, I looked at their faces to see if, if I would be drawn to any of them. But all I saw was, was hardness, irritation, a hurry to get their task, their worship done. I reminded myself to get back to my prayers, but found myself drawn again to that little family. They hadn't moved. They weren't in a hurry. You could tell they wanted to do things right. A first child, probably. A special child, maybe. They didn't seem fearful, but the mother held that infant close, glancing frequently around the courtyard until finally, with her glancing and my staring, our eyes met. She looked startled and pulled her baby a little closer, pulled the swaddling up around his face. There was nothing remarkable about these people. Or was there? Was the father someone I should know? Was he the one I was supposed to notice? Was she? I, I crossed the courtyard toward them without knowing why. And no one else had given them a second glance or even a first, but I couldn't take my eyes off them. People streamed through the courtyard past us as if we were rocks in a river. We stood there, the three of them and me, waiting. Look, Simeon, see. See what, Lord, I asked. And just then, the child squirmed, the blanket rustled, and I looked. And it was as if the gates of my heart were flung open. And everything that was in me came rushing out, and all of heaven came rushing in. Look, Simeon, see. It wasn't the father. It wasn't the mother. It was the child. And my heart knew him. I was stunned. Was this ordinary baby, this child with hardly a pigeon to his name, was this our coming king? Was he the one I'd waited a lifetime to see? Everything I'd been taught told me the answer was no, but my heart and the voice within said yes. I looked at the mother and her eyes told me that she knew who he was. <laughs> and now she knew that I knew who he was. But who was she? Who are you? I asked. I'm Joseph, the man said. This is my wife, Mary. And this is her son. It, it was an odd thing to say. And what is the child's name, I asked. And she smiled. Yeshua, she said. Jesus. And if I had any doubts left, they were gone. Yeshua, salvation, rescuer. And how did you choose that name, I asked. We didn't, the father said quietly. 
And in that moment, I fell to my knees. I couldn't help it. Right there on the temple floor, I, I whispered my heart to God, the God who had kept his word, the, the God of mystery and truth, the God of my youth and old age, the God of waiting and of seeing. I stood to my feet and, and, and held out my arms. Please, I asked, may I? She tensed, but, but, but then her arms relaxed, and with just the tiniest hesitation, she offered me her child. And I received him. And when I took that little bundle in my arms, the lightest thing you can possibly imagine, something settled in my soul. It was something I hadn't felt for a long time. Maybe not ever, not like this. It was peace. We were at ease with each other, this child and I. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. It was there all the time. How did we not see it? A child, a son, given to us all. The Lord is full of surprises. Our people have spent generations looking for a warrior. We've spent generations preparing to fight. And now our God, our creator, sends us his champion. The hope of our people, the hope of the world, a tiny baby boy. And, and seeing him, even once, is enough. Every year of waiting, every minute I spent trying to live out the promise I'd been given, all the ups and the downs, the good days and the awful days, the faith and the doubting, this is where it led to this moment. I, I was born for this, to see, to share. How, how could I ever be worthy of such a moment? Lord, I said, you have kept your word. I can go in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory for your people, Israel. I hadn't intended to speak, but but the words just kept coming out of my mouth as if they were not my own. It felt like it might have been prophecy. I spoke to her, to Mary. Your child will cause many to rise in Israel and many to fall as well. He will be spoken against and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your heart also. She froze for a moment and then nodded as if to say, I know. And then she held out her hands and I gave her child back to her because we both sensed that she should hold him now while she can. What will happen in his lifetime? What, what will his world be like? We know because the scriptures told us. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and forever. The Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I said there was nothing remarkable about these people. I was wrong. This young woman, young enough to be my granddaughter, was a woman of remarkable grace and wisdom beyond her age. And this man, Joseph, full of kindness and quiet strength. I asked them if they were from Jerusalem. They said no, they were from Galilee. But because of the census, the child had been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the city of the star. We had more in common than I ever imagined. She too had been given a promise. She too had waited without any other direct word from God. She carried the burden of a secret, the fearful and wonderful burden that comes from having a glimpse of God's plans for this world. She carried the burden of being misunderstood, of doubting at times, and now of caring for this son unlike any other. Mary and I understood each other. Hearing her story did more for my soul than any conversation I've ever had. And the amazing thing, I did the same for her. She wept when I told my story. They were the first ones I told about my prayer, the voice, about the promise. And, and they believed me. And I believed them. And it was all because of this child in our midst. We could have told stories all day. And maybe one day we will. But in the end, I watched them dedicate their child. My heart so full it, it could have burst. And then we went our separate ways. My part in their story was over. Friends, there is more to this life than we ever dreamed. There is a God who wants to know us, to speak to us. His heart is for peace. His plans are bigger and, and more surprising than we ever imagined. He will not fight evil with evil. He won't increase our troubles. He has come, I believe it, so that we might have life again. Not just my people in this land, but, but all people everywhere, even our enemies. My long race is nearly over. I can go in peace. Peace with my heart and with the work I have done in this life. Peace with my God who has never left me. Peace because I know the life he offers is bigger even than this life. What exactly is ahead for, for me, for my people, I don't know fully. But I trust the one who spoke to me and kept his word. I trust him to lead me through and to care for these people that I love long after I'm gone. It turns out there are no ordinary days. You can only see it looking back. Every one was a gift. Every one holding the promise of his appearing. Waiting for your Savior. Looking for him. Helping others to see. 
has never wasted time. He's here. He's among us. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince, our Prince of Peace. His name, I just learned it, is Jesus. Jesus.